Hello, and welcome to the Proskauer Benefits Brief. I'm Talia Skolnick, an attorney in Proskauer's Employee Benefits and Executive Compensation Group. And on today's episode, I'm joined by Paul Hamburger, co-chair of our Employee Benefits and Executive Compensation Group. In this 10-part series of podcasts, we will explore the basic COBRA rules and understand the facts and fiction surrounding COBRA coverage rules. In this episode, we will explore some of the important considerations in identifying qualifying events for COBRA purposes. Paul, to get us started, isn't this whole question a very simple one of just listing the various qualifying events? Yeah, actually, it's a little more complicated than you would think. Before we even get to the specific COBRA events that trigger COBRA coverage rights, we have to understand what makes a particular event a qualifying event. In the world of COBRA, a qualifying event means an event plus a loss of coverage. You need both of those. So an event without a loss of coverage is not a qualifying event. For example, if a retiree retires without losing any coverage at all, that is probably not a qualifying event. On the other hand, you could have a loss of coverage without an event. That is also not a qualifying event. For example, if a plan changes insurers or if somebody changes from union to non-union status and therefore loses coverage without ever terminating employment, that would also not be a qualifying event for COBRA purposes. Now, both of these things, the event and the loss of coverage, has to occur when the plan is subject to COBRA. So we will assume for all of this discussion that we're dealing with group health plans that are subject to COBRA. Now, before we get into the events, we also have to understand what constitutes a loss of coverage. To lose coverage isn't just lose it completely. It also means to cease to be covered under the same terms and conditions as an effect immediately before the qualifying event. Now, a loss of coverage doesn't have to happen immediately on the event. So, for example, in many group health plans, an event might occur in the middle of a month and the plan gives coverage till the end of the month. The fact that the loss didn't occur on the date of the event doesn't preclude it from being a COBRA qualifying event because the loss is scheduled to occur at the end of that month. Interestingly, you are also allowed to measure all of the COBRA coverage rules from the loss of coverage date rather than from the event itself. That's why it's important to keep those two things separate and clear. So, for example, if a termination occurs in the middle of a month, you are allowed to measure all of the COBRA rules from the end of that month going forward. Finally, in determining whether something is a qualifying event, you have to bear in mind something called the in-anticipation rule. Under that rule, if, for example, somebody's coverage was terminated in anticipation of terminating their employment, that termination of employment could still constitute a COBRA qualifying event. The loss of coverage here occurred before the qualifying event, but because it was in anticipation of the event, it still triggers COBRA obligations. What are events that can actually trigger COBRA coverage, assuming that they cause a loss of coverage? There are only six qualifying events for COBRA purposes. Death of a covered employee, termination other than by gross misconduct, or a reduction in hours of the covered employee's employment, divorce or legal separation of the covered employee, a covered employee is becoming entitled to Medicare, cessation of dependent child status, and certain bankruptcy filings. Let's take them one at a time. Death of a covered employee can be a COBRA qualifying event 
if that death causes a loss of coverage. This does not mean that death of a spouse or de death of a dependent child are COBRA qualifying events. Termination of employment other than by reason of gross misconduct or a reduction in hours of employment. Under this category, we include any termination or reduction in hours of employment, whether somebody quits or is involuntarily discharged, whether it's a strike, a layoff, a retirement, all of those events could be potential COBRA qualifying events, and that's important to bear in mind when you're looking at any kind of a termination. Note that transfers of employment don't necessarily constitute qualifying events. So if an employee is transferred from job A to job B, and job B does not have group health coverage, although there was a transfer of employment, there wasn't a termination of employment, and even though there's a loss of coverage, that would not necessarily trigger COBRA rights. So you mentioned that a termination of employment by reason of gross misconduct is not a COBRA qualifying event. How can a plan administrator identify what type of act constitutes as gross misconduct? So to answer that, let's understand a few basic rules. Termination of employment won't be a qualifying event if it's due to gross misconduct. That gross misconduct exception doesn't apply to any other qualifying events. So there's no failure to offer COBRA because it was death due to gross misconduct or any other uh, action. Number two, you're not required as a plan sponsor to use the gross misconduct exception. A number of plans don't because they don't want to get into the decision making involved in, in determining whether something was or was not gross misconduct. That said, there is no statute or regulatory definition of gross misconduct for COBRA purposes. This is strictly a function of case law, which means it's very fact specific. Generally, gross misconduct involves more than negligence or incompetence or unsatisfactory performance. Usually it requires some type of misconduct that is intentional, willful, deliberate, and counter to the employer's interests. Okay, so what other types of events fall under the category of a termination or reduction in hours of employment for COBRA purposes? One of the common instances in which you see a termination of employment involves business sales, when I'm selling the stock or selling the assets of a business. We'll have a separate podcast that will address those issues in more detail, but generally speaking, a sale of assets is treated as a termination of employment, a sale of stock is not. A leave of absence is a qualifying event, as long as it does result in a loss of coverage. There are special rules that apply for FMLA, or family and medical leave absences. Taking a family medical leave is not the qualifying event, but the expiration of the 12 weeks of leave would be a potential qualifying event. Let's move to the next qualifying event, divorce or legal separation. Divorce or legal separation is indeed a qualifying event. You still need a loss of coverage due to the event. Now, legal separation doesn't always exist in every state, but if it exists, you're gonna to need to consult with the laws of the state to determine what constitutes legal separation. With divorce, you need to watch out for the in anticipation rule. In many instances, an employee may drop a spouse during open enrollment, anticipating a 
soon to become effective divorce, and the plan administrator may have no way of knowing that. And that can create real issues when the spouse comes looking for COBRA coverage after the divorce occurs. What about Medicare entitlement as a qualifying event? Medicare entitlement is really tricky. The reason is Medicare entitlement could be an initial COBRA qualifying event. It can be what's called a multiple qualifying event. It can be a reverse multiple qualifying event, and it can be a COBRA termination event. So when you're dealing with Medicare entitlement, you need to look at the plan terms very, very carefully. You need to review the law very carefully. One thing to watch out for, and people get tripped up on this a lot, the statute refers to Medicare entitlement, not Medicare eligibility. And so you need to make sure that the person involved is actually entitled to Medicare. Thank you for that clarification. Now, what about a loss of dependent child status as a qualifying event? The qualifying event literally is cessation of dependent child status under the terms of the plan. Therefore, the starting point is read the plan. What are the terms? Generally, dependent children can stay on coverage until age 26. However, you could have issues about qualified medical child support orders that may require child coverage for a more limited period of time. And that has to be looked at very carefully. Finally, what about that last category of qualifying events, bankruptcy? The bankruptcy qualifying event, when you read the statute, refers to cases filed under Title 11 of the Bankruptcy Code. The statute really meant to say Chapter 11, and that's just been a statutory glitch that has never been clarified. Basically, though, if an employer is undergoing a Chapter 11 reorganization in bankruptcy, COBRA provides that a qualifying event could have occurred for any covered employee who retired at any time, and a loss of coverage includes a substantial elimination of coverage within one year before or after the bankruptcy proceeding. Now, originally, these COBRA rules were enacted at a time when it was easier to eliminate medical coverage, particularly retiree medical coverage, in bankruptcy. However, bankruptcy rules somewhat restrict the ability for a bankrupt entity to do that. Nevertheless, the COBRA rules on bankruptcy are in effect, and any time there is a Chapter 11 proceeding, one needs to consider those rules very carefully to make sure that they are complied with in order to avoid any potential excise tax liabilities. Thank you, Paul, for that clear and helpful summary of the COBRA rules relating to qualifying events plan administrators will definitely have a lot to think about here. And thank you to those who joined us today for this employee benefits podcast. Please join us for future presentations in our Proskauer Benefits Brief podcast series and keep an eye out for more employee benefits and executive compensation insights in our Proskauer ERISA Practice Center blog. Also, be sure to follow us on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify.